This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer, and I am super happy that you're here with me today. I've got a great show for you, and I am going to jump right into it. So a couple months ago, as I was giving a talk to a group of fitness professionals about the real experience of breast cancer, what we go through as a survivor, what some of our emotional concerns and physical concerns are, so that as these professionals begin to work with breast cancer survivors, they can have a little better understanding of what we go through and, and what we might be afraid of trying or re-injuring as a part of a physical activity program. So afterwards, there was a lot of great questions, and I was very happy with how open-minded these people were. And they, of course, were very surprised to hear how complicated breast cancer and breast cancer recovery actually are. But towards the end of the talk, one of the men in the audience said to me, this, you know, this sounds really serious and really heavy. And is there any way to bring some humor? Is it okay to have fun with this? And what a great question that is. And that's the topic of today's podcast. So how do you feel when you hear that question? How do you feel when you hear someone say or think about, this is not fun. Can I make this fun? What's humorous in breast cancer? Depending where you are in your journey, that might rub you the wrong way. Or you might say, yeah, I have to find the fun in it. Otherwise, I'll lose my mind. So let's fast forward to now from that conversation with that gentleman. So now I have this incredible group of women in my Revivify program. I have an even larger group of incredible women in the Breast Cancer Recovery Facebook group. And recently, over the last couple of weeks, I did some webinars on the three biggest mistakes women make after breast cancer treatment. I had a couple hundred women participate in those webinars. And through those interactions, as well as many other conversations that I have with survivors, I hear a lot of fear. I have a lot of conversations with women and read comments that women post that are filled with fear and anxiety and hopelessness. And I get it. I understand why. And I know that you've heard me talk about this slippery slope of getting so focused on the problem that you're no longer finding a solution or even looking for it. And this is a very real thing. So when we're diagnosed with breast cancer, as well as when we're done with treatment, we want to know everything. Or some people do. Some people don't want to know anything. Some people want to do all the research. But When you're that person who's asking questions, who wants to know everything, who's looking into everything, and you get all of your information, and you get to the point where you've done your research and you've come to a decision, what's important is that you make that decision, and then you make peace with that decision, and then you let it go. I mean, when it comes to 
looking at pictures of mastectomies and reconstructions, and they make you cry because you don't want to look like that. You can look at a thousand of them, or you can look at 1,500 of them. It's not going to make it any better. Once you've made your decision, you just have to learn to accept it. Because what happens if you don't, you just keep going through this horrible cycle of questioning the decisions you made, questioning the treatment you got, questioning the steps that you took, and they're already behind you and you can't change them. And the important thing to remember is that today is the only moment, the only promise of life that you have right here, right now, this moment. And if you get so worried and so caught up about how short your life might be, then you're missing out on right now. So you're doing all this research and asking all these questions and obsessing over getting this information because you're afraid of losing your life when in fact you're missing out on your life because you can't stop trying to figure out if everything was right and everything was done right and you made all the right choices. So let me share a story with you. The first time I was married, I was 17 years old. It's a long story, but basically I thought I knew everything and I got knocked up. And that marriage lasted for 13 very long, miserable years. And then my brother died. And when that happened, a light came on in me. And I decided I was no longer going to live by my family's expectations or worry about the people who are going to judge me for being divorced. I realized I could die at any moment. And I thought to myself, if that moment comes right now, I do not want that man at my funeral. And that was it. That was when I made my decision to leave. Years later, I remarried. And it was great for a couple of years. And then there was a situation, something happened, and a switch flipped. And it was a long, hard road for another decade with this person. I was so unhappy. But I didn't want to be that woman who was twice divorced and, you know, all the stigmas that come with it. And then one morning I was at work, I was in my office and my mom called to tell me that my cousin's 23-year-old daughter was pulling out of her driveway to go to work and another car T-boned her and killed her at the end of the driveway. And I remember standing there in shock. I mean... My cousin lived in Ohio. I didn't know her daughter other than through pictures, but it hit me like a punch in the gut. The fact that life is so freaking short and I'm so unhappy. And if my time comes tonight at the end of my driveway, I don't want that man at my funeral. And I got on my computer right then when I hung up the phone and I found a real estate agent and uh, I made some decisions and changed my life right then, right there. Now, after making these difficult choices, and I'm not telling you them so that I'm encouraging you to get divorced, you can apply this idea to anything in your life. But after making these choices, such a huge burden was lifted from me. I knew for a long time it wasn't right. And I just kept going back and forth and wrestling and wrestling with the same ideas again and again. And I was miserable until I finally made peace with what I knew was the decision I needed to make. And then I was lighthearted again and I was happy. And when I left my second marriage, I was diagnosed with breast cancer six months later. And people said to me, oh, will you go back now so you can have somebody to help you while you're sick? And I'd be like, 
hell no. Why would I go back to the situation that probably gave me cancer in the first place? No, absolutely not. And the point that I'm sharing the story with you is that it took me a long time and a lot of pain before I learned to let the heaviness in my heart be my barometer for change. Before I realized a heart should not be that heavy. A life should not be without hope and filled with fear. So you have to deal with cancer and you have to manage the aftermath of it. But while you're doing it, you have to find happiness and you have to be able to laugh. Now, I'm not a religious person, but I was raised in a Catholic family and I fulfilled all of my holy obligations when I was a kid and went to Sunday school and did all the things my parents made me do. So I was a little surprised to find something called Laughter Sunday while I was doing some research on joy and laughter and their impact on health. So Laughter Online University says that recently there's been a liturgical reclamation of what is known as Laughter Sunday or Holy Humor Sunday or Lighten Up Sunday. It's sometimes observed on the fourth Sunday of Lent, which is coming up, and this is a Latin term, I'm sure I'm going to hack it, but that fourth Sunday of Lent is called Latare Sunday, which comes from the word rejoice. They go on to say that it is also sometimes observed during Eastertide, which my mother's going to kill me because I have no idea what Eastertide means, but early Orthodox churches gathered on the Monday after Easter to tell stories jokes, and anecdotes. I had no idea. But I thought it was fascinating to see the the benefit and the focus put on humor and laughter, even from a religious standpoint. Now, the Mayo Clinic lists the short-term benefits of laughter on an article in stress management on their website. And they say the benefits of laughter include enhancing your oxygen uptake, that laughter stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, It increases the endorphins or those feel-good chemicals that are released by your brain. It activates and relieves your stress response and soothes tension by stimulating circulation and aiding in muscle relaxation. And it gets even better because the Mayo Clinic states the long-term benefits of laughter and they include improving your immune system. In fact, a study called Modulation of Neuroimmune Parameters During the Eustress, or Eustress is actually a healthy form of stress, during the Eustress of Humor-Associated Mirthful Laughter. It's quite a title. This article was published in the Journal of Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine. And what they found was that laughter increases the activity of natural killer cells, which are your white blood cells that protect our bodies from viral infections. They also found that this increased activity in your natural killer cells lasts for up to 12 hours after a bout of laughter. And the more frequently participants engaged in laughter, the stronger their natural killer cell activity became. So let's circle back to that question I was asked after my presentation. Can you do something to make it fun? Well, I don't think you're going to make breast cancer fun necessarily, But you can definitely still choose to have fun in your life and choose to look at things from a humorous perspective. You can choose to spend a certain amount of time every day doing things you enjoy, 
You know, you can subscribe to an Instagram thread of funny things that cause you to laugh. And there are some funny videos. Let me tell you, my daughter is the best at finding funny Instagram videos and sending to me. And I always enjoy them. You can limit yourself to the amount of time you let yourself spend on researching shit that scares the crap out of you when you've already made the decisions and taken the actions you needed to take. Breast cancer will always be a part of your story, but I want it to be a part of your hero's journey with you as the conqueror. You know, breast cancer is devastating because we know it can end our life and that's not what we want. But if you go through all that it takes to live through breast cancer and you come out on the other side hopeless and heavy and serious and sad, then it took your life anyway. If you let cancer steal your joy and your fun and your laughter, then it doesn't matter if they got it all or not because you're not really living. And just like laughter improves the immune system, fear weakens it. Mary D. Moeller, she has a list as long as my arm of titles, but she's the associate professor at Pacific Lutheran University School of Nursing and director of psychiatric services at Northwest Center for Integrated Health. And she listed the following effects of chronic fear in her presentation at the 2017 Neuroscience Education Institute. She said chronic fear impacts your health by creating immune system dysfunction endocrine system dysfunction, autonomic nervous system alterations. It disrupts your sleep-wake cycle. It creates eating disorders. It can turn regular headaches into migraines. It turns muscle aches into fibromyalgia and body aches into chronic pain. As far as fears impact on your emotional health, it can cause dissociation from self. And as I just referred to one of the webinars, that was a part of one of the topics we discussed is that you disconnect from yourself and you no longer know what serves you, what your body needs to feel better and feel healthy. It can cause you to be unable to have loving feelings. It can create learned helplessness, phobic anxiety, mood swings, and obsessive compulsive thoughts. So obsessing over a cancer recurrence or living in fear of cancer is actually making your immune system more susceptible to health disparities. But if you focus your energy on things that make you happy, make you laugh, make you see the value and experience and the joy in the small everyday blessings in your life, that's how you support yourself in healing and preventing cancer. And it's just as important as nutrition and exercise, maybe even more. Because when you're happy and feeling good, you want to eat better and move your body. It's all this wonderful interconnected cycle. Now, is it any of it a guarantee? Of course it isn't. Life doesn't come with any guarantees, not for anyone and not for us as breast cancer survivors. We're no exception. But I'll tell you that after seeing and hearing so much heaviness and realizing that there's got to be an intervention here and a focused and intentional distraction sometimes from this deep need in so many people to constantly be digging into and focusing and concentrating all of their attention and intention on cancer itself that I've decided that I'm making commitment to myself and to my tribe to be more diligent about posting things in the group to make us laugh. 
And if you need some laughter and you need some support and some connections and community with other women who have been through breast cancer and are working to create happy, thriving lives, come over to Facebook and join us in the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. We would love to see you there. And until then, I'll leave you with this thought. Never criticize someone until you have walked a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you'll be a mile away and you'll have their shoes. <laughs> I'll talk with you again next week. You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before, your heart is full and wanting more, your future's at the door. Give it all you got, no hesitating, you've been waiting all your life. This is your moment